The plane mass all year round. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Saturday brunch this morning, Valmiki Maraj of morning. the Lost Tribe, uh, the current large band of the year. Congratulations, thank first you off. Very much. Um, and thank you for making the time to be here this morning, Val. Of course, man. So, I want to go back to the beginning, beginning. Good. Right? <laughs> Tell me how you got involved in mass at all. Oh, the whole carnival. The whole carnival. Well, yes. <laughs> originally, going back to when I was in university, mm-hmm. I had no intentions to be involved in carnival at all. It wasn't even a. I didn't even think it was an option. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was more geared towards fashion. And when I realized, for many reasons, that wasn't a possibility for me then in terms of going to fashion school and so on, I was going to business school. So what, what university were in? I went to SBCS, University okay. of London Economics. Right. Yes. So at that time, Carnival kind of reared its head, if that makes sense. So I had my portfolio around and I met the right people at the particular point in time and opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, hey, let's try this thing. And this thing that I tried blossomed into something totally different. It blossomed into design prospects that I didn't think I was capable of. Um, It also blossomed into event design prospects, which Mm -hmm. actually a lot of people don't know is where I spent most of my last 10 years in Carnival doing. So the the event event designer, because when I started at Triber, this is Tribe Triber. Tribe Triber. Yes. Before (laughs) there was Lost Tribe, before there was Bliss, before there was any of the others. Right. Um, they were just about starting ultimate events. Right. So at the time, I used to work with who we call Auntie Gail, Gail Cabral, mm-hmm. um, in designing different events like Wandfet and entrances for Tribe Ice and Tribe Ignite and all these different things that people have now, you know, come to known as big stalwarts in the, I suppose, party fraternity for yeah. Carnival. And I would work with her, work with Dwayne, work with Kendall, um, other members of the team to work on the design and work on the layout and work on the actual execution of the event itself. Okay. And it was was interesting because now looking back on it I was just speaking to a friend about this the other day there were so many different ways apart from carnival design that I was able to explore creativity yeah and I think that has added so much to just my I don't know general appreciation to but it's art in, and expression yeah and it's interesting because people do often see the other side of of where you can use your artistic expression if it's not the music or if it's not the mass directly yes. you know so that's very I didn't even know you started off doing that that um, level of design so they, they had a whole team dedicated just to, to that. what the event looks like. So basically what happened is that when I started Tribe, there were a few Tribe events. Mm-hmm. But because we had all these sponsors and so many corporate um, benefactors, um, partners, friends, etc. And everybody we wanted that We were executing. Yeah. Somebody came and said, yo, what about if you all did this for me, basically? Mm-hmm. And that is where the concept and for the stimulus for the event started. Right. Okay. And one fet I would say was... One of the biggest, most intense, most design-intensive events mm-hmm. that we did at that time, mm-hmm. and being able to work with older designers and myself and take little parts of that and kind of make it my own is mm-hmm. something that was just absolutely beautiful. The first thing, if I am not mistaken, that I did by myself is Angostura used to have a party called Rumland. You remember Rum, that? Yeah. So it's sec- into Rum Street. Let me tell you, as a whole thing now. <laughs> but when I had just started, um, it was just so exciting, and I worked on Rumland. And the second Rumland, we designed a a circus theme which 
I mean, it's the furthest thing from carnival, kind of. Yeah. You really think about it. Uh, no, but, but it not was, really, um, though. It's I mean, circus, it's true, yes, yes. Circus so. and carnival seem to be. But know. it's so funny that where we have reached now with Lost Tribe and uh, Talent Bank and so, because that circus team was the first time that I designed costumes for performers. You had performers right. in the entire entrance where we designed the bars to look like carousels, we designed the stage, mm-hmm. um, we designed effects for the performers to come out and make it part of an entire show, because this is what the client wanted right but we were able to take it uh, and you know turn it into a greater reality than than they could have even imagined and then so then tell me about the beginnings of lost tribe so the beginnings of lost tribe came from well before before lost tribe you were bliss you started yes so i was fortunate enough and honestly i think i mean life brings you lessons and it socializes you in a way way beyond the classrooms of school mm-hmm. and university etc etc mm-hmm. and i was really fortunate enough to have uh, Enter Tribe at a time when I think Tribe was, you know, a powerhouse. Right. I was also fortunate to be part of Bliss when Bliss was developing. Like, literally, I remember just the other day, Dean and I were speaking about this, that he came to me, Mooney came to me and said, hey, we're thinking about opening another bar. And I remember being scared. <laughs> I don't know what I want to say right now. I don't know if I can say on radio. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if this will work. And, whatever. and, and that was me then. And learning what I learned from the development and change and branding and evolution of Bliss to what Bliss is now, being a very, very major part of it, uh, has led to a different comfort when it came to starting Lost Tribe. So basically, I had training wheels. uh, So I would never tell you Lost Tribe was the first, uh, like when I say like, I started totally blind because it's not true. Yeah, you had a kind of insight as to how the beginnings of our banders work. I think Bliss taught me a lot about branding. Bliss taught mm. me a lot about distinction because before that time, there was no other carnival entity that had two carnival bands coming from one house. Right. There was no reason for a distinction. There was like a natural distinction in your crowd. So, yeah. for example, I mean, before my time of playing mass, you had the Barbarossa and the Poison. And, and, Poison. Yeah. And everybody had their place mm-hmm. naturally with natural progression. Yeah. With our situation now, we were observing the market. And reading creating. and listening to that masquerade listening to the customer mm-hmm. and creating for them and bliss was the first step so as i said by the time we came into lost tribe lost tribe was the year that actually we got involved with hearts carnival right and lost tribe came out on the same year right so hearts carnival was one part of it in terms of you know as a new powerhouse meaning tribe yeah in the industry being able to work with and support and develop and further evolve another band. Mass band yeah past 55 years like right. it's, it's crazy i would I, can't, I don't even know what 55 years from now looks like <laughs> so but then we lost tribe when we started the difference was in terms of the nature of the business you know like where are we going to go with it would people even like it in the first place yeah. would they i mean i remember the first year we, we didn't even present the costumes on the big stage. We presented them in a media launch stage, very small, on yes. the side of the big stage at the beginning. And all through the night, people kept messaging me over and over and over. That was the moment when I said, okay, people like this thing. Because yeah. they kept being like, when are they coming on the stage? We want to see the costumes. We want to see the costumes. That was where I was. That was in the Savannah? In the Savannah, the yes, paddock, yes. Yes, yes. I remember that. Because yeah. I remember there was, they weren't on the big stage. They were on a little stage, yes. a media room in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, the media launch we thought would have been sufficient. And then we realized that people were asking for it. And mm-hmm. then by the time we did the showroom opening i think that was our validation mm-hmm. when it was like okay you're heading on a road here right now we the you know the crowd the carnival gods that be have nodded, nodded on you and said okay you're doing something good do you think that lost tribe has a certain amount of social and national responsibility to to keep the the mass in the mass i feel all of us do like i mean lost tribe may 
and, I, and this is a big me. I don't know if it's even, even politically correct for me to say. Probably might be one of the the ones that are considered to have that most. Mm-hmm. But any entity in an industry and any artist, like our responsibility is to communicate our responsibilities to our history, our responsibilities to our craft. Mm-hmm. Um, as to whether each and everybody is doing that is a whole other conversation. Well, yeah. But, uh, yes. <laughs> And you see this, you know what you know what was going on, you know what was going on come at you with that one. Because I mean I mean, realistically there's a side of it that I mean we can break down to dollars and cents, right? Yes. So there's a demand for a certain type of mask. Let mm-hmm. me say we call it bikini and beads mask, right? Right. Across the board. No matter which band it is, there's a, a certain demand for the bikini and beads mask and that has taken over the majority. So when you look at like tribe or humor or any of these bands that have mass Num- just have numbers, right? They have mm-hmm. ridiculous numbers and lost tribe in comparison to tribe. You could tell me, like, I mean, do you know the numbers? The difference yeah. in the numbers? This year, lost tribe was around 16, 1700. And tribe would have been around 45. That is the average size of tribe. So it's more than twice the size. Yes. More than twice the yeah. size. And it's bikini and beads versus what, what people call the mass. The mass. The but I mean, you see, even that in itself, and that's why sometimes when I speak about Lost Tribe, if we have the same conversation next week, my conversation may change. Yeah. Because when we developed Lost Tribe, we did not seek to dust off costumes from Mitchell right. and Barclays Warehouse. Of I course. say this all the time. Like it's, my, it's, it's my line. I always said, I said, I never sought to bring something back. That was rather to pay homage to and say, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Because the carnival that we experience right now, and for me, the reason I'm able to, you know, be here, have a job and eat a food is because of Bikini and Bead Mass. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised in the house of tribe. You yeah. know, I, 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 I sing there every Sunday morning. So then where, <laughs> yeah. where does your inspiration come from to, to, to want to go more into it, to more want to pay homage to people like Peter Minchel and 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 Ben Berkeley and these people. I think it's interest. Um, we, before you asked me about you know where did Lost Tribe come from, and we spoke about the development of it as a brand. Mm-hmm. In terms of the idea and the stimulus, I did have a conversation with Dean where he expressed his ideas of a concept of a band, and. I told him as well, and in the same conversation, that uh, I was tired of Bikini and Beadmaster. Right. This is uh, four or five years ago. Five yeah. years ago, yeah. And in having that conversation, he was like, well, what do you want? Like, what do you what are you looking for? Like, what would make this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. And that is where the idea of the Lost Tribe came from. The fact that I became disenchanted with Bikini and Beadmaster, not because it was a bad thing, but because for me personally as an artist, limiting. There was a place that I could not go with it. Of course. And honestly, I wouldn't lie to you, Jaron. Sometimes I don't like when people say that Bikini and Beat Mask is limiting because I think we limit the art form. Mm -hmm. We limit it to call it Bikini and Beat Mask. We limit Lost Tribe to call it the Mask M A R S E. We limit. (laughs) Juve to one thing, yeah. limit. and so we limit ourselves. Right. But I have seen designers, and I I forgive my reference right now. Mm-hmm. But look at Victoria's Secrets. Like every right. bikini and bead mask designer looks at this damn fashion show every right. single year. Victoria's Secrets is a brand that tries to develop their costume. So, for example, I just saying you might have top and bottom skimpy, skimpy, and feathers, mm-hmm. but then they take a football and they put on somebody's back. They take this and they do whatever because at the end of the day, they kind of feel like if okay, we are affecting a theme per section, yeah. which is the same things that we do for carnival, yeah. and we have to express it. However, in Trinidad Carnival right now, I do think there are a lot of designers who are trapped in trend, mm-hmm. and so they design. In those per- is those parameters. Yeah. I don't think the parameters actually physically exist, but they feel they do. 
You don't think the parameters exist? No, I'll tell you why. Because I have seen, I mean, I am a part of our family of bands. I'm many right. different uh, bikini and bead mask bands. Right. And I have seen designers in that uh, push that further. And I'm, I'm just talking design-wise. Like, uh, let's say, for example, moving from two-piece into designing monokinis. Right. Uh, a couple of years ago, monokinis were not considered sexy. They weren't a thing. Cool, the time yeah. one person did them, you push that further. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, Lost Tribe wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And if you are to compare Lost Tribe to Menchel and McFarlane, it doesn't have the same structure. It doesn't well, have maybe as much. And it shouldn't. It you know? shouldn't, yeah. It's different. So my question is, uh, is Lost Tribe and Bikini and Bead Mass that dramatically different? Or is it just that we try not to keep ourselves in parameters? I think it's just something yeah. fresh yeah. sometimes. And that's what we need mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just a little, a little bit of freshness mm-hmm. to make sure that we... That we um we stay on top of not just ourselves and on top of the design, but on yes. top of the the demand, because a lot of people out there, I think, some I know people who are custom playing bikini and beads masks or whatever you want to call it, uh, but they just decide sometimes that you know they like this costume. Some people actually buy the costume because they like how it looks, or they put it on because they like how it looks. They're not necessarily just because it's it's the mask or because it's bikini and beads, you know. So I mean, for me. Lost Tribe is refreshing Yeah, to see on the road, to be a part of. But forget being a part of it. Just seeing it on the road is refreshing. I remember that first year, it was mesmerizing. I mean... And you've been there with us since the beginning. Since the, the beginning, go. right? Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to see it. I mean, now, when I... For me, when I compare it, right? The, the colors, the costumes, just the way the costumes lay out, you can see the difference, the vast mm-hmm. difference between it and any of the, any of the other... Bikini bands, yeah, no, no, no. Bands, right? You, yeah, right. Um, but it's the same way I would say that, like a band like K2K, for example, would stand out when you see it on the road, right? Yes. There are certain bands when you see them, you can't deny that this band stands itself out separate from the others, and there are very few bands that do that now. Now I know that the Lost Tribe, you can correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but that was a section, or I was a one portrayal of a Peter Minshall band was one it? theme one theme yes. one year so how come you guys chose to go with that name is well, it here now, in homage by itself because <laughs> and it's one that i have gotten lots of flack for from my very good friends um when we were developing the concept of the lost tribe the lost tribe was my like prototype name right it basically was that it was just a play on tribe at first that's where it started oh so it literally was a I had a concept in my mind before the band came around that, you know, we were literally... A lost part of tribe. No, a lost tribe of people. Right. That we had lost our way of creativity. Carnival ah. itself. It was... I mean, it had plenty, plenty, plenty more poetry more than this time that we were able to get into. <laughs> but that, to me, is why I started calling it Lost Tribe. It mm-hmm. really wasn't even about uh, tribe as in the brand, Carnival right. Tribe. It wasn't about uh, Minshaw's Lost Tribe. Um, in research after the fact, right. I saw so many connections between what I was thinking and what Minshaw's Lost Tribe was about, right. um, with certain parts of it. Uh, and it just makes me think so much more in terms of a collective consciousness. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes you see different productions happening at different times, but with the same they all, intentions. Yeah, same they connection. all have a single thread running through them. Yeah, but basically that was it. I felt, and I still feel that way, like over the four, we are now going into five years of Lost Tribe this year when we launched on July 20th. <laughs> I feel, shameless plug, I feel that, <laughs> I feel that, uh, 
the crowd continues to evolve yeah. in a way that surprises me every single year. We are seeing people who play mass with this band who don't fit what some people stereotype certain non-bikini and bead mass bands to be. Yeah. I am seeing this lost tribe of people evolving more and more, maybe gaining traction with more and more people who are not of particular age groups. Like mm -hmm. right now, the lost tribe demographic is insanely vast. Can I tell you how hard it is as a DJ? Listen! <laughs> I just hear it every year. But what we're seeing too is we, when we design the band, we have to now, even more than before, design with a cross-section. In mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have what I refer to quite shamelessly as the crossover costume mm -hmm. that has space enough for someone who is an existing tribe humor bliss masquerader. Mm -hmm. If you want to come and play Mass and Lost Tribe, that you feel comfortable enough to play Mass and Lost right. Tribe. As well as if you're somebody who is coming from back in the day playing Mass, yeah. and now decide, oh gosh, I like this band, I want to come back. You feel covered. You feel like you have something to portray. Yeah. But over everything else, our good friend W. Jackson and I mm -hmm. had this conversation last year and it really stood out to me. I asked her, I said, who is the Lost Tribe masquerader? It's something I ask myself all the time, but I asked her. And I said, you know, would the Lost Tribe masquerader feel comfortable portraying Taj, which is what we did last year? All I right. said, do you think that they have a particular affinity? And she said, no. She said the affinity is for them to portray or be a character. The Lost Tribe masquerader likes to become something. Uh -huh. And even with the younger masqueraders, who, I mean, I suppose you could say the older generation sometimes typecast to yeah. be in. They only like to party, they only like to this. They came out and they were so excited to be and play something. Mm -hmm. Six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening, I seen men walking on the road with their whole backpack, full, full costume yeah. on. And I even asked some of them, I said, like, hey, you know, we have a truck in the back for you to place your things down, for you to relax and rest if you want to. No. I'm they wearing my to, thing. They want to Where wear are we costume. going next? I yeah. said, we're going to the last lap. Okay, we are going into the last lap with our costume. <laughs> and it's something beautiful to see. Yeah. I love to see that people respect costumes the way that they do. But one of the things about it I find so interesting is that you're saying that everybody wants to portray a character. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I noticed, especially um, this year with Taj, is that people accessorize mm -hmm. their costumes so that almost boils down to like, if you can tell they're in the same section, but no two people look the same because everybody goes and gets their own different type of accessory to add to their costume. Or is that that you all give them accessories? Well, we give, I would say we give more than any other carnival band. Right. More than most carnival bands, I should say, in the box. Like I, I just branding wise, I like when a masquerade leaves that they work with a lot yeah. out of the, yeah. the distribution. They feel like they spend their money. However, <laughs> I really encourage, and it's like a branding thing for us as well, the committee members. And so, like, we do different, uh, I suppose you could say, campaigns throughout the year that encourage mm -hmm. masqueraders to do exactly what you're saying. A lot of them try to style themselves to look exactly like our photo shoot, which is amazing. I never see plat cells in this country <laughs> ever in my whole life. Everybody had long, flowing yeah, brown yeah, hair. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was a scene. It was. But it really was. they really got into getting the mehendi done, the patterns. Mm -hmm. They got into the bindis. They got into the, the... What do you call that thing that goes from your nose? The, the nose ring, the nut pool. Nut pool, that's yes. what you call it. I saw yes. so many of those on people who clearly didn't have them before. They were living their best lives. Yeah. They thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think they also enjoy the fact that many of the items they could reuse afterwards. Yeah. So we get tagged in things all throughout the year that we repost the masqueraders wearing their costumes to, to different events. Aside from wearing the costumes to different events, I have seen people post up at Christmas time, they decorate their house, they put their Christmas tree, and I saw a Lost Tribe backpack as part of the decoration for the Christmas tree. Lost Tribe masqueraders do not cease to ever 
amaze, impress, and sometimes shock me in terms of what they do with their costumes. Mm-hmm. There was the Christmas tree that Priya made, mm-hmm. Priya Gomes, and there was another person, I don't remember who, who took the entire um, the silk green backpack last year from Metzabag mm-hmm. and they sewed it into cushions and tablecloths and stuff for their house and they redecorated their house. Wow. And it was like patchwork. It looked like stuff like I saw in it to purchase. I said, bro, I should have thought of this before. <laughs> <laughs> Of me. Tell me. Was that your road match? Jiron. <laughs> you caught me in between sending a message. <laughs> you almost, almost caught me. Ah, was that your road match? Did you I, tell your DJs to play that song? Or did you I, tell them to play Family? Verbatim, I sent a message in the group that you are a part of. And mm-hmm. I told my DJs to play their hearts and read the crowd. Play for the people. People don't believe me when I tell them that, you know. 
when I tell them that I play mm-hmm. for Lost Tribe and they, yes. and, they, and they say, oh, he's playing for Marshall Band and thing and Marshall this and Marshall, the, uh, Marshall this and Marshall mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, no, nobody's ever instructed me to play a Marshall song. They would say, play whatever the I people want. I think they'll be afraid to instruct you to play a Marshall song. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, send, send, send. Rockers? No, next person. <laughs> <laughs> They're going through that, uh, but you are tall. Well, I mean, I guess my reputation precedes itself. <laughs> I'll take it. It's fine. Um, so but I must say, like, I mean, you have been with Lost Tribe since day one, and every single year, inclusive of this year, I really, I feel happy at the mix of music that you all play. And I don't even mean with regards to the road march alone. I mean, mm-hmm. generally on the road, I feel like we have a very healthy mix. You never, yeah. as you know, are able to please every single person all the time. They Boy. go mad, but... Play. I feel like if uh, this year was a good year, it yeah, was a great yeah, yeah. year for music. So I would say that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the most. I think this year, mm-hmm. my my set on the road, both days, I I feel like I had really really good strong sets. But not just me, but the the rest of the mixer DJs as well. Like you were saying, um, was really good this year. But I want to talk to you about the process of developing the section, the 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 theme for every year that comes out. So I know we had um. Various themes over there. You had rhythm, you had Taj, you right. know. Um, how do you decide what's the theme for next year? Well, I have like a lot of themes, or a, a, I suppose I could say a general storyline that I've had in mind for Lost Tribe for the coming years. So oh. I do have ideas. When we started Lost Tribe, I had the first five years down pat, meaning like I knew what was going to happen. I mean, like have known thematically. Thematically. So, five years, you say? Yeah. And probably even further than that, because now I'm looking at what we are doing, going, moving into our second five years, heading towards 10. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any dramatic desire to change anything in terms of ordering or, or so, like, in terms of what I had in, in mind mm-hmm. from before. Um, what happens, I would say, is there are themes for every single year that has a storyline. Mm-hmm. What I try to do is to have those themes tie in to a bigger picture so that when we look back on it five years from now i mean this 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 isn't a uh a, a for sale or a for the masquerade to immediately see but when history looks back and they see the lineup of the band i would like them to see a story a of some story. sort so that is where i would say the theme initially comes from in terms of the specifics of it it comes from i mean emotion from my place in life mm-hmm. at the particular point i did not intend on doing Taj. At first, when I was going to approach India, I was going in a totally different direction. And then when we did Seven, I, I, I don't know, for me, I felt like if something totally changed. I felt absolutely overwhelmed by the concept of love. I felt overwhelmed and interested and excited by its different kinds and trying to, you know, explore them. So that's why in year one, I mean year one, in the year with seven, we did Love Through Heartbreaker, right. which still is a story that I will find the opportunity to develop. To explore some more. So yeah, just to, to, to give you more, because I think I mentioned this before, like what I have written down, mm-hmm. what I've spoken to other artists about, uh, to present it on the road, even though we had an entire year, it was just too much to present on the road. Right. So actually it's interesting because Bridget and I have been speaking about finding other ways, particularly for that team to bring it back out. Mm-hmm. This year, or in the coming year, we're supposed to be developing and having a Lost Tribe show. I had spoken to you about that as well. No, you didn't. I mean, you don't remember that? Fast you listen to You just talk to so much people, they just always yeah. mistake me. No, I realize So that's that. my next step with it, to be able to take the themes that we have presented on the streets of Port of Spain. And do a show. 
present them in a different way, in a way that I could explore things that I would not be able to explore in mm-hmm. the carnival environment. So from nice. a more theatrical standpoint. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Bridget just now. Uh, Bridget has also been on board from, from day one. Bridget from Wilson. From minus one. She'd yeah. been there, yes. Um, what's Bridget's role in the Lost Tribe? Well, she is my right hand. Full stop, I would say. I... Let me tell you a story. So Bridget officially is the head choreographer for the Lost Tribe, Mm -hmm. is the way I would put it. She handles um, what you see Mm -hmm. in terms of presentation, both for the band launch and for the carnival stages and judging points throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, Bridget and I meet and I speak to her about what I want my creative vision to be. And Bridget takes that and transfers that thought into movement and we collaborate so much throughout the year that it really is a beautiful process to the point that as I said now like I don't feel I she's my right hand we can't be inseparable yeah but uh, what is really special about the relationship with Bridget is that in year one Bridget was she'll kill me for saying this was and is I think a tribal to her heart mm-hmm. and I remember being in the Lost Tribe mass camp we had just opened the mass camp Opens the door loudly, in comes Bridget, you know, she has a personality. And she was just like, I am playing mass in that. And she pointed to Ava, which was designed by Anya Young, she the right. first year. And I said, Bridget, what are you talking about? So I'm looking around for her friends. I was like, what? I said, but I, I registered across the road. I said, what are you talking about? She's like, no, she's like, I saw this band. I saw this costume and I want to play mass in this and I feel absolutely moved by it. And she's like, I am here with you. Me, I know who coming again, but it's me alone. I'm coming, I'm supporting you. And she's that kind of person. Eh? Listen to me and Bridget, just... Uh, Totally, I wouldn't say blindly, but I would say full and totally hearted. She just came and supported, and I'm so happy for that. Yeah, and I would say that um, Bridget is well. I've known Bridget since we were in school, right? And um, she's always been that kind of person that if she believes in something, she's going to support it a hundred percent. But it's beautiful to see the choreographer she's grown to be and the woman she's grown to be, um, because her talent is. Mad. Phenomenal, yeah. Yes. And how she's able to take and, and depict the stories, the same stories that you're talking about, through dance. And I've, I never forget, I went to a show that, uh, well, Bridget is one of the choreographers in Metamorphosis, yes. right? And I went to a Meta show. Mm-hmm. And she used Etienne Charles's memories, his nice. version of Sparrow's memories. And she, the dance that was done, I can't tell a lie, I, there was a tear on every single person in that audience, whether they knew the story behind the motivation for that dance or not, that emotion was able to come through the performance, the choreography, just everything about it was able to. And to me, that's a phenomenal talent that if you're able to do that, you win. You know, we've been speaking about the difference between Lost Tribe and other carnival bands that are on the road. And I feel like even this, like the ability to transfer thought and the design behind the costumes the idea behind the theme through movement is for me like absolutely amazing yeah. like no matter how many times we see and we prepare when i see that on the road finally i feel differently i feel that tear that you were talking about yeah. i cry every single year like a big fool yeah, yeah, yeah. in front like of your stage, child you know? every yeah, year is you your know? child coming to fruition it's, it's a really beautiful thing to see how important is it for lost tribe to employ local artisans um people to make the costumes and that kind of stuff wire benders extremely extremely and let me tell you the first year we did lost tribe i don't know if you remember this but it was a mandate of the bar i said we were going to do a hundred percent local production right so we produced the band 100 percent locally Jiron, and things were late a nightmare <laughs> it was i remember worst. things were late things but were you know what late. it was it was an opportunity to be able to observe research and 
prepare statistics. So we knew yeah. after that experience that this could not happen. We knew that we had to change from 100% Trinidad to a made in Trinidad campaign. So mm-hmm. what we do now is we create certain parts abroad, we bring it here and the final stitch is placed in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And we knew that over a couple of years, we needed to make a plan to start to develop more Everything and more and new yeah. people. Which right now we are in, we have the ability to do because the carnival is growing. On our side of things, we have other bands that are part of the group. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, I'm just saying we can't give you work for the entire year coming out of one band. We can offer you work through another band or through Zamaica or through different projects or right. through so, custom work for Talent Bank, for example. Right. right. But that's what I was going to ask. In terms of the, if, if it is that you're employing people, uh, let's say Wirebenders, and you say you're going to yes. employ them for the entire year, do you all do, does Lost Tribe do other carnivals? across the diaspora? So right now, Lost Tribe is not involved in carnivals anywhere out of Trinidad. Right. Last year, our sister band, Zamaica, we presented a section with them mm-hmm. that was produced in Trinidad and sent across there. Okay. Um, and that will probably happen again in the near future. Yeah. Right now, I can't tell you that my focus is outside. other carnivals, but it's outside in terms of Trinidad being outside. I mm-hmm. think Lost Tribe, to me, travels further in terms of culture more than carnival itself if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I feel like if we have an opportunity to be able to show our creativity beyond these parameters that we had been describing beyond two days of carnival beyond Beyond the diaspora beyond $4,000 that you're wearing beyond top and bottom which is where the idea of Talent Bank came from to be able to so what is Talent Bank so Talent Bank tell the people so f- since we started Lost Tribe even before that um, mm-hmm. people would come to us all the time and ask for choreograph openings they would ask for costumes they would ask for promo girls wearing a costume to dance in front of the entrance for anything like this and when we opened Lost Tribe Lost Tribe was a band that from day one was supported by the artists of this country right you know whether it be people like yourself playing on the road or people who are paying their money just to come and play because they yeah. said oh gosh I'm feeling this mask boy mm-hmm. inside the thing so I wanted to create a company or a segment of our company to be able to provide them with incoming opportunities with opportunities for them to brand with opportunity opportunities for them to grow um both the ones who were supporting us and the ones who were part of our family so that is what talent bank is is a modern day talent agency um many many years ago we had Kalalu company we had brian mcfarlane we had yeah. all these you know you know huge mega talent theatrical companies that Mm -hmm. used to produce amazing things and now in a way we are trying to provide that as well Um, but even further we would like to provide the perspective of Trinidadian and Caribbean design to your child's 16th birthday party you know and that is the direction we're going with things right now and so far it's been really successful in the year that it's been open I, in terms of carnival has been is one of those things that the, the, the government is more or less charged with, right? Um, we have the National Carnival Commission and NCBA and all these people that have these big carnival bodies that take care of certain aspects of the carnival, right? Here you guys are, um, Tribe, the the conglomerate that it is. Um, I, I say that because it's it's several bands at this point, right? Yes. So several different businesses. If, if it will... If it were physical structures, if it were restaurants, you would have had a few chains. You would have had, you know, different... It would have been like Prestige, right, for example, you. right? Or yeah, pizza, KFC, everything, you know, but it's all under one tribe, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you, all, you all have been making it not just self-sustaining, but profitable. Is that right to assume? Well, assume. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming it's profitable or else, or else you wouldn't have been able to expand, right? Um, But I think expansion... On one hand, could be parallel with profitability. On the other hand, it could be parallel with survival. 
you know like okay so let's chronicle it then if we yeah. go from tribe when i first met tribe tribe yeah. was a section in poison right right and there was also red ants that was before tribe right so right so, yeah, so red ants was before. the juve was the juve the juve tribe the juve yes. version <laughs> right so it was a juve band it's yes. a juve band right and then so there's red ants and the section in in poison right and now that and that grew to be its own band when yes. when poison when poof yes right so tribe is its own band and red ants still do anything right yes then he went on to form ultimate events right which is a company that providing for tribe and but all year round right right and then you for go corporate hire and for corporate hire yeah. <laughs> guns mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and then you go on to to um creating new bands bliss lost tribe and then partnering with other bands hearts and rogue and then creating and then adding up rogue and you add what's the name pure pure right. passion pure yes um and you know you just keep adding all these bands and part of it would be yes survival but part of it i mean i think you can't grow to that level without some level of profit right so then do you have any advice or do you think there's any advice that you can offer to the powers that be wherever they may be that can help grow the thing and help to make it sustainable because i find far too often it seems as though we expect handouts and we wait for handouts from the government to make the mass work when in reality the, the mass started off as a fight against the powers that be and the government of the day you know it was mocking them mm-hmm. how do we how do we find a way to make that profitable for us i i mean with regards to advice i always feel like if i need to better and fully understand what the existing structure is mm-hmm. which even though i've been Operating a couple of years it. in it yeah. i still feel like if i don't fully understand the perspective of the quote-unquote powers that be but i do agree with you that maybe not in carnival alone but generally we do have a mindset of handouts mm-hmm. and i feel like if um, we were talking about bikini and bead mass before like the development of bikini and bead mass uh, added certain elements of the business world of quality control of business expansion right into the carnival that have allowed for the carnival to grow that have allowed for the consumer the customer to look at us and be like hey this is a alternative to a vacation or there's an alternative to a tourism product and i feel like if from an administrative standpoint if we start looking at our own carnival in that way in the way that maybe some of our bands if you will have Mm. started looking at it the entire production could be elevated because no matter what we do Jaron, you know like as a private enterprise there's only so much that we could do of course so much we could spend of course but then do you think that if you look at it as strictly a business that it would affect the soul of it the soul of the carnival and i i think it's an element of it um in the past i've said i can't deny the progress that has happened in carnival over the past couple of years but it would be naive to say that uh, certain things weren't martyred in that development like and what like the soul of it uh, mm-hmm. you know i feel like if those parameters that i described before the designers may have placed on themselves in terms of trend yeah. may have curtailed certain things at the same time and this is why i say i'm always very careful as to how i describe and how i say i feel like development has happened i feel like if the fault can't be placed on those that weren't necessarily only moving forward it also needs to be placed on those who didn't move forward right so for example you can't tell me that the mass m-a-r-s-e didn't develop over the past 10 years if i just come just on open a ban and say well let me try this thing and let me make it work why somebody wasn't trying it before mm. you know why somebody wasn't saying okay this isn't making sense profitability wise let me bring a businessman inside of it to be like let me share the pie 
and try to make it. Maybe that's a part of the problem is people not willing to share the pie. I mean, and and, and again, like it's it's more than just a a, a mindset of an overall organization. Is right now it's a mindset of an industry. Yeah. So, and as an industry that needs to be created and sustained and maintained. I think that's that's the problem that we often run into is that if somebody comes with an idea, you people shut it down before they realize what good can come of it or what Definitely. the consequences may be. You know, proper an- an analysis of an idea or what could be or what can't be or whatever. I know you have to leave shortly, <laughs> but I want to thank you very much for um, for stopping by today and having this this chat. I think it was very informative and enlightening. Um, sometimes people always wonder about the inner workings of carnival bands and especially a, a band like the large band of the year Pop-a-lops. yeah big out thank here. you very much <laughs> before you go Val what's your favorite thing to have for brunch to have for brunch mm-hmm. yeah? mimosas you know I drink anymore now you know in, 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 <laughs> Nad, Nad, Nadia Shah Nadia Shah is also on, on the Lost Tribe committee isn't yes. she <laughs> Nadia came here a morning and I asked Nadia what she likes to have for brunch you know uh, what Nadia said what did she say mimosas the same thing oh, that's my friend, friend. That's clearly my friend. clearly <laughs> that is your friend clearly <laughs> that is your friend oh my goodness well Val thank you so much for coming through again you want to leave us with any, any parting words I um Thank you for having me. I look forward to coming back again and I'm really excited and I hope that you are excited for this coming carnival. Tell me what it is now. <laughs> I'm going to start a countdown on my Instagram soon. It's coming very, very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> All right. So we can look out for Lost Tribe 2020. They're launching on July 20th, 20th yeah. right? So you can look out for it. Check it out. Check out Val Instagram page. It's InstaVal. Right. Huh? Is InstaVal or InstaVal TT? Underscore TT. Instaval Instaval underscore underscore TT. TT. Thank you so much, Val. Keep it locked. Talk City 91.1.